48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, Foreign Minister Wang Yi has accused the United States of being the biggest destroyer of peace across the Taiwan Strait in response to the visit by US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taipei. Chief Executive John Lee said the move openly challenges the One China principle and undermines stability in the Taiwan Strait. And firefighters have found the body of a man at a warehouse in Fanling, where a blaze broke out at 5am this morning. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has accused the United States of being the biggest destroyer of peace across the Taiwan Strait in response to the visit by US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taipei. Mrs Pelosi arrived last night before meeting with Jai Ing-wen this morning. Natalie Ching reports. Describing the Pelosi visit as brazen, Wang Yi said it seriously violates the One China principle, maliciously infringes on China's sovereignty and blatantly engages in political provocations. He also dismissed the idea that the U.S. government was unable to stop her from going ahead with her visit due to a separation of powers, saying it's a basic international norm for the United States to fulfill its international obligations. Key politicians, he added, should not misbehave. Foreign Ministry had also summoned U.S. Ambassador Nicholas Burns late last night to lodge a strong protest over the Pelosi trip. Vice Foreign Minister Xie Feng warns that Washington shall pay the price, saying the move is extremely egregious and the consequences are extremely serious. China, he warned, will not sit idly by. The military has said it was on high alert and would launch a series of targeted military actions in response to the visit. The SAR government issued a series of statements condemning the Pelosi visit overnight. Chief Executive John Lee said the move openly challenges the One China principle and undermines stability in the Taiwan Strait. Meanwhile, the vice chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, CY Lung, said the visit only serves American interests. Pelosi's Taipei visit is not in service of human rights, democracy, or freedom of the people of Taiwan. It is for American interests. The former chief executive was speaking at a national security education event organized by RTHK. Firefighters have found the body of a man at a warehouse in Fanling where a blaze broke out this morning at 5am. The fire was upgraded to a number 3 alarm at 6.50am and put out before 11. The, the identity of the man had yet to be ascertained. The president of the Practicing Pharmacists Association says it's going to be a big challenge for Hong Kong to secure BioNTech vaccine doses specifically for children below the age of five because of high global demand. Iris Chang was speaking to RTHK about the government's decision not to cut the minimum age at which children can receive the active vaccine from five because of the difficulty in obtaining a tenth of the adult dose, which is considered a safe amount for kids as young as six months old. Ms Chang said such small doses can't just be made up by pharmacists safely. For adults, we already have to make a dilution. And the way you make a dilution is you inject some diluent into that flower vaccine, and then you invert it ten times to make sure it gets mixed. But you cannot really make sure if we get one tenth of that dose, how well we can mix that. So that means that you will be having variable amounts of quantities of vaccine in those syringes that we use for children. It's really difficult to do this manually. Basically, you need some robotic technology and technical uh, equipment in order to ensure that the quality 
is the same for every syringe that we put into the people. Iris Chang speaking there to Danny Gittings and Janice Wong on Backchat. Health officials have stressed that the overall fatality rate among COVID patients remains low at not at 0.7%, despite a rising number of deaths in recent days. 11 COVID patients died yesterday. Lao Kahin, a chief manager at the hospital authority, said this reflected an increase in the overall number of cases. In early July, there's only a few cases per day, one to two or two to three. But in the recent one week, we know that there is FH5 to 6 deaths per day. Uh, even last Tuesday, there are 10. Today, we have, we have 11. So what is this means? This means there is an increasing number of infections in the community. So there will be an increasing proportion of patients being uh, suffering from critical or serious conditions. Um, some of them may die, uh, uh, unfortunately. Police say they arrested 18 people last month involved in using fake documents to take out government-guaranteed loans totaling $193 million from banks under a scheme to support COVID-hit businesses. Officers accused the suspects of conspiracy to defraud either by exaggerating numbers of employees and their salaries or by setting up shell companies. They added that the suspects were found to have transferred the loans received to their personal accounts or used the money to buy luxury items. Environmental group Green Sense has urged the government to provide more incentives to promote the use of electric vehicles. The Green Group interviewed 503 people through an online survey from June to July and found more than 70% of gasoline vehicle drivers interviewed have considered switching to electric vehicles. However, more than half decided not to because they found the current incentive policies unappealing. Sam Tong is a research assistant for the group. People are very concerned of the costs associated with electric cars. For example, the cost of purchasing electric cars, people think is very high right now in Hong Kong. And that actually prevents them from switching from their fuel cars to electric cars. So I think one of the most important things that the government can do is to provide, for example, enough subsidy for car users and to bring down the cost of purchasing and maintaining electric cars in Hong Kong. The UN nuclear watchdog chief has said Iran's nuclear program is developing rapidly. Rafael Grossi heads the International Atomic Energy Agency. The Iran of 2022 is the nuclear program is very different from the one in 2015. And I think everybody recognizes that, starting with the Iranians who are saying that they are making amazing advances and the program is moving ahead very, very fast. And not only ahead, but sideways as well, because it's growing in ambition and in capacity. Talks on reviving the 2015 nuclear deal remain stalled because of differences between Iran and the US on several issues. Both countries have said they believe an agreement is still possible. The US says the Taliban broke an agreement not to allow foreign militants on Afghan, on Afghan soil by sheltering the Al-Qaeda Al leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, who's been killed in a US drone strike. Washington is celebrating the killing of al-Zawahiri on Sunday as a success in the fight, the fight against terrorism. But James Clapper, the former director of national intelligence in the US, says the death of the al-Qaeda leader may not be that significant for the group's operations. He almost made himself irrelevant because he was so concerned about detection. 
which I think negated to some extent his real impact. So I think it's very important symbolically, but not so much operationally in terms of his day-to-day direction of of al-Qaeda. Britain's governing Conservative Party has changed balloting procedures for its leadership contest after the country's cyber intelligence agency, GCHQ, warned that hackers could alter people's votes. The winner of the contest to replace the current leader, Boris Johnson, will automatically become Prime Minister. The BBC's Damien Grammaticus has the details. The party says it consulted with UK intelligence and security officials at the GCHQ spy centre. Originally, Tory party members were going to be allowed to cast a vote online or by post, but could then amend it before ballots close on the 2nd of September. Now, they will only be able to vote online once, and they will not be able to send a postal vote and supersede it with an electronic one. The party says that will reduce the risk of any fraud in the process to choose the next Prime Minister. The Archbishop of Canterbury has affirmed a 1998 declaration that says gay relationships are incompatible with scripture. But at a meeting of more than 600 bishops from across the Anglican world, Justin Welby said he would not punish churches that bless or marry gay couples. The BBC's Harry Farley reports. Justin Welby acknowledged that for a large majority, particularly across Asia and Africa, questioning the conservative teaching that gay marriage was sinful was unthinkable. But he admitted that for many Western churches, keeping the traditional opposition to gay marriage was also unthinkable. LGBT campaigners accused him of trying to ride two horses at once. But the Anglican Church is deeply divided on the issue. In Scotland, Wales and the US, they marry or bless same-sex couples. Conservative bishops from Nigeria, Uganda and Rwanda are boycotting the Canterbury meeting altogether in protest. The energy company BP has reported its highest profits for 14 years. It made more than eight billion US dollars between April and June. BP is the latest energy firm to see huge gains from the soaring global price of oil and gas. Here's the BBC's Simon Jack. The contrast is stark but inevitable. The same high oil and gas prices emptying the pockets of consumers are filling those of the companies that sell it. BP's profit from April to June this year was triple the amount it made last year. The company said it would increase its payment to shareholders by £3.6 billion in the next three months. Insiders at BP and Shell, which announced record results last week, point out that a couple of years ago both companies were losing billions and no one was offering to subsidise their losses. To finance, and a short time ago the Hang Seng Index was at 19,825. That's 127 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $54 billion. In the currencies, the US dollar trading at 132.45 yen. The euro stands at a dollar and one cent. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 56 cents. In sport, England's Jake Jarman says winning four gymnastics golds at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham feels like a dream. The 20-year-old is one shy of the all-time record set by Canada's Curtis Hibbert in Auckland in 1990. Jarman's gold in the vault follows success in the team competition, the all-around and floor exercises. You know, it really does, especially after yesterday, you know, standing there on that podium after floor finals, I really thought, you know, it couldn't get any better than this, but somehow I've managed to top it and it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience and I'm grateful for all the support that I've received and to be able to just come out here and show the world, you know, how hard I've been working past few months, especially 
after, like, after the pandemic, you know, it's been a hard time trying to get back into the flow of things, but I can happily say, you know, I've managed to get back to where I want to be. Uganda's Jacob, Jacob Kiblimo set a new Commonwealth Games record on his way to winning gold in the 10,000 metres. The BBC's Ed Harry reports from Alexander Stadium. After Olympic bronze in Tokyo and world bronze in Eugene, Jacob Kiplimo now has a major gold over 10,000 metres. With his teammate, the defending champion Joshua Cheptegei, choosing not to compete here, Kiplimo ensured that once again gold would be Uganda's. Losing the lead at the bell, he passed Kenya's Daniel Ibenyo on the final bend and had time to celebrate in the finishing straight. In football, the Liverpool striker Diego Jota has signed a new contract that keeps him at the club till 2027. The Portugal international scored 21 goals last season as Liverpool won the FA Cup and League Cup and finished as runners-up in the Premier League and Champions League. The BBC's John Bennett says extending Jota's contract makes sense for all parties. It feels like good business, I think, to do this when he had uh, three years left on his previous deal because it, it avoids any of the uncertainty that, that Liverpool had with Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane, two other of their attacking stars, as, the, as they headed into the final two years and the final years of, of their contracts. Salah eventually extended his deal at Liverpool in this European summer, but Mane departed, didn't he, for Bayern Munich. Uh, so this new deal takes Jota to 2027. He's scored 34 goals in 85 games since joining in 2020 for £41 million from Wolves. He got 21 goals last season. He was in great form. And the Liverpool boss, Jurgen Klopp, has said he gives us so many options since he came to Liverpool, he's improved so much. So I think it's a good deal all round. And the weather, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavy at times later. The maximum temperature will be around 31 degrees. Light to moderate east to southeasterly winds. And the outlook, there will be showers heavy at times with thunderstorms in the next couple of days. Showers will lessen on Sunday and Monday. The current temperature at the observatory is 30 degrees with relative humidity of 71%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has accused the United States of being the biggest destroyer of peace across the Taiwan Strait in response to the visit by US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taipei. Chief Executive John Lee said the move openly challenges the one China principle and undermines stability in the Taiwan Strait. And firefighters have found the body of a man at a warehouse in Fanling where a blaze broke out at 5am this morning. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 3rd of August is today's date. Cheers to the newsroom. Cheers to Phil for the morning brew. This afternoon, we'll be talking about our health. In particular, we're going to be talking a little bit more about ways we can reduce risk factors for stroke. And we'll be chatting with Dr. Derek Wong, who's a specialist in neurosurgery. He'll be joining us live at half past one. So do join us on Facebook Live if you can. We hope to bring you the interview there so you'll be able to 